Welcome to Noble Bereans, your weekly short Bible study that dives into the scriptures in a meaningful way in just a few minutes each week. I'm your host, Steve Sanders, and today we are continuing in our study on the book of Ruth. We began this study back in episode 9 of season 3, which aired on the third day of October. If you haven't heard the other studies, you're going to want to go back and listen now. Last week, we uncovered a bit more of the lowness that Naomi was experiencing. She even asked the women of Bethlehem to call her Mara, which is the Hebrew word for bitter. There's even some possibility that she was referring to the father as the destroyer. Now today, we're going to start a new chapter, though, both literally and figuratively. We're going to begin reading in Ruth chapter 2, verse 1, and all of the readings today are coming from the net version. Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side of the family named Boaz. He was a wealthy, prominent man from the clan of Elimelech. One day, Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, Let me go to the field so I can gather grain behind whoever permits me to do so. Naomi replied, You may go, my daughter. So Ruth went and gathered grain in the fields behind the harvesters. Now, she just happened to end up in the portion of the field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. So who is this Boaz? First, let's begin by looking at his name as we've done throughout the rest of this study. According to the Complete Word Study Bible, Boaz's name may mean quickness, swiftness, or literally, in him strength. We can also see in 1 Kings 7.21 that this is the name of the left pillar at the porch of Solomon's temple. Chapter 2, verse 1 tells us that he's a relative of Elimelech. And then John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible states that tradition identifies Boaz as being the son of Elimelech's brother. But we can't confirm that anywhere in the Bible. We just know that he is a relative. It's likely that he is a close relative, though. We also see that he is identified in Hebrew as Ishgabor Chael, which literally means man of mighty power or man of mighty wealth or great wealth. In verse 2, we see an example of Ruth's demeanor, a respect for Naomi that we see throughout the story. Ruth asks Naomi's permission to go into the fields to gather the grain or the barley. Now we can see why if we read Leviticus 19.9, where the Bible states, When you gather in the harvest of your land, you must not completely harvest the corner of your field, and you must not gather up the gleanings of your harvest. And then in Deuteronomy 24.19, where it stated, When you reap your harvest in your field and have forgotten a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the alien, for the orphan, and for the widow, in order that the Lord your God may bless you and all the work of your hands." Now, it's likely that Naomi and Ruth could have eaten with other family, but it may have been that there just wasn't that much in storage at this point if the famine had just ended, or it could be that Naomi was so depressed she didn't want to be around others. But whatever the situation, Ruth takes it upon herself, after being granted Naomi's permission, to go out to the fields to harvest barley so the two of them will have something to eat. Now think about this. Ruth is really placing herself in a vulnerable position. She's not an Israelite by birth. She's a Moabite. Now, as you may recall from our first episode on the book of Ruth, the Moabites and the Israelites weren't really on the best of terms. Let's quickly go back to that passage again. It's Deuteronomy 23, beginning in verse 3. An Ammonite or Moabite may not enter the assembly of the Lord to the tenth generation, 
none of their descendants shall ever do so, for they did not meet you with food and water on the way as you came from Egypt. And furthermore, they hired Balaam, son of Baor, and Pethor in Aram Nariam to curse you. Now, Ruth put herself into a position where she might not have been received well, and despite the two verses that instruct the Israelites to leave some of the harvest for the needy, even for the alien in the land, this may not have been something that the farmers wanted to give to a Moabite. Ruth doesn't seem to see herself that way, though. It seems she's fully invested in Naomi and making sure she's cared for. Finally, notice where Ruth ends up. In Boaz's field. This is one of those non-coincidence coincidences, I think. Then we'll begin to explore this more next week. Now, if you're enjoying these short, meaningful Bible studies, I'd appreciate it if you'd share a link to the podcast with the folks you care about. While they can find it on all the major podcast platforms, you can just point them to our website, which is noblebrands.com. That's N-O-B-L-E-B-E-R-E-A-N-S.com just like the noble brands of Acts chapter 17. Remember, if you're liking the podcast, a rating or a review goes a long way toward helping others find the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it if you'd consider sharing your opinions. Finally, each episode that we share is on our website at podcast.noblebrands.com or on any of the major podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many others. I'd love to have you join us on our Facebook page, too, and you can find a link to that in our show notes. As I mentioned last week, I do plan on sending out a copy of a study guide for the Book of Ruth when we're done with this study. If you're interested, just subscribe over on our site, noblebrands.com. Finally, join us again for our next episode. Until next time, love like him, live for him, and reflect his light into this world.